0: but I'd like for her to sing Reckless Love. And she sang Reckless Love, and that's awesome. Thank you so much. Man. That song talks about how much God loves us, how passionate he is for us. And we talked last week about God's love and what it looks like an illustration of God's love. That song is a wonderful illustration. And before that, we sing Amazing Grace. And it kind of leads into the sermon today about just how much God loves us. And because of that, the grace that He blesses us with is unbelievable. It's something we don't deserve, but it gives to us anyway. So thank you so much. And thank you for the request of "Amazing Grace." And Rob, your hot dog will be there Friday for leading it. So, two of them. Two of them okay. All right. So um, again, I am excited to be here to bring the word this morning. I'm also excited about going to school tomorrow. I know that sounds weird, but I am ready. Those kids need me bad. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but uh, one thing, I'm not the greatest teacher in the world, probably not the greatest pastor or, or, or preacher in the world, but one thing I do have is passion, and I love very deeply, and I like to motivate people, especially if I see that, man, they're wonderful, they could do a little bit more. Or maybe someone, maybe a student, who's never really achieved, maybe even at all, academically. And usually that carries on to other things, too, if they're not achieving academically. It usually affects their behavior, which usually affects other things as well. And it eventually affects their whole life. Kids need to be motivated. They need to be told how wonderful they are and, and how much better they can do. And they have the ability to do that. And it reminds me of a story that goes along with the uh, sermon that I'm getting ready to deliver. Uh, and that, the title of it is going to be Walking a New Walk. But I'll never forget several years ago, and I'm not going to mention the kid's name, because uh, I don't remember how long it was ago, because things kind of run together when you get to be my age. But it's been a few years ago. There was a kid who came to me when he picked his schedule up. And I talked to the kid. He's a kid that was in and out of trouble. But at that school, I, I did Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And sometimes he would come to it and get a donut and leave. Or get two or three donuts and leave. Or a box of donuts and leave. And I knew he was doing it. Never said anything to him. So when he picks his schedule up, He picks it up for me, and I called him by name, and I said, I get to have you in class. He said, what? I said, I'm excited. You're going to be in my class. He said, I've never had anybody tell me that before. He said, matter of fact, I'll come to FCA. And I said, well, this time you can even stay for the message. You can have all the donuts you want, but you can even stay. He's like, really? I said, yeah, I'm so glad you're in my class. So the first day of class, he did... What he normally did and may have gotten in trouble a few times. And I, and at the end of that class, I told him, I said, I'm so glad you're in my class. And, and this is when I was in public school. We do a lot of assessments in public school. I don't know if you all knew that or not, but we do a lot of assessments. We do ready for assessments and we practice assessments and then we give practices. And, it, and it's crazy the time and effort that's put into assessments. And one of the assessments we were getting ready to give, and of course, he scored about what I thought he would, which was labeled below basic. So, but he was close to being—you know—he's close to being that next level. So I, I, I got his results and I looked at and I said, "Look, I said you can do better than this. You're right here. If you answer just a couple more questions correct, you're going to be in this level right here." So lo and behold, he starts behaving a little bit and test, starts applying himself a little bit. The next assessment he scored just a question or two in the basic range he's not below basic. he's so I told I, I got so excited I said look here's your scores I said you're not in the below basic range anymore I said you're 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 in the basic range by a couple questions and it was right at the end of class the bell rings he sticks his chest out and starts walking out my door And the assistant principal's right there. And he looks at him and says, are you okay? He's like, yeah. He said, I'm just so excited. He said, I'm not below basic anymore. He said, I'm basic. But for him, that was a victory. He, He achieved something academically. And he went on to do fairly well in my class. The thing about it is, after he got that news, after he saw that he could achieve, he walked different. He didn't walk with his head down anymore. He didn't come in and steal donuts and leave or or get donuts and leave. He didn't really steal them. I knew he was doing it. Uh, He'd actually stay for the message. I'd like to tell you he went on to be a great, great student, but he achieved more than he ever thought he could achieve. But again, he changed his walk. In class anymore, he was not trying to cover up his lack of being able to achieve things by doing some goofball stuff and drawing attention to himself, He didn't do that anymore. He actually studied some. Not a lot, but he studied some. He tried. But when he walked in my class, he walked in with his head up every day, not apologizing for anything. That reminds me of how we should walk. Once we've been motivated by the reckless love and the amazing grace that God blesses us with, We should walk a different walk. We shouldn't be the same anymore. I'm going to steal a couple of words. I'm really not stealing them. They're not hers, but I had a pastor named Sandra Johnson a few years ago that had a sermon called, But Now. When there's an event in your life, something happens, but now. This kid was not achieving, but now he is. He was walking with his head down in the dumps, but now he was walking like the other kid. I want you to think about your life, your Christian life, your personal life. When things weren't going well, and I want you to think about the way you were walking. And then when you found that love from God, or you found that love or that encouragement from someone else, how you walked different. I'm going to read some scripture. That wasn't even part of the sermon. But I'm going to read some scripture. And then those are the thoughts I want you to have in your head. But I want, again, I want you to replace that story with a story where you were encouraged. A story where you were walking a certain way. And that walk changed because of something. And the scripture I'm going to read is from Ephesians. And it's chapter 4, verses 17 through 32. And it reads, Now this I affirm and insist on in the Lord. You must no longer live as the Gentiles live, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God. Because of their ignorance and hardness of heart, they have lost all sensitivity and have abandoned themselves in lysis, lysis that's a tough word, lysis, yeah, that one, you see it, hmm, greed, greedy practice in every impurity. That is not the way you learn Christ. For surely you have heard about him and were taught in him as truth is in Jesus. You were taught to put away your former life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lust. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to clothe yourself with a new self created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And in my Bible, it's got a heading right here. It says, rules for the new life. So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth of our neighbors. For we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather let them labor and work honestly with their own hands. So to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil come out of your mouth, but only what is useful for building up as there is need. So that you, or so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another. tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you so much for, for being here with us this morning, Lord. Thank you for that word. Lord, thank you for that reckless love and that amazing grace, Lord, that you bless us with. Lord, I just pray that uh, as we look at this lesson, Lord, that your words flow through me. Lord, that each person here and each person listening online receive the message that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was uh, telling that story, I actually started to, I think my allergy started bothering me. Uh, actually, I teared up a little bit. My left contact is the important one because I focus with that eye and uh, it may be hard to read there. I'm sorry. I I struggle, but I'm sure it's allergies. It's not emotion. Uh, So I've got sermon notes, but I'm not going to be able to see them, so it's it's okay. We're going to go on anyway. But again, walking a new walk. Walking a new walk. (coughs) And we walk this new walk together as one, as a church, one in Christ. We walk this new walk. We walk it individually, but again, we walk it collectively as a church. And we need to display positive attitudes. You see, that's crucial for maintaining our unity in Christ and be able to do the, 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 the mission that he has for us. You see, we need to understand the basis of what we need to be doing. We need to be understanding each other's gifts and be able to walk together to do the work of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You see, we need to utilize these given gifts for his church, for his mission, to offer and show that reckless love and amazing grace that only comes through Jesus Christ. You see, in this last half, uh, last chapter, or last half of this chapter of Ephesians, Paul talks about a sort of walk that's worthy of our calling. I didn't say we were worthy of it, but it's worthy of our calling. The calling that God has placed on us, that's the walk we should be walking. You see, our body is a holy temple. And what we take in that holy temple is usually what comes out. So when we walk this new walk, we're taking on these positive attributes of Jesus Christ. That's what people should see in us. That's the message we should be delivering. You see, we should be walking a new life, or excuse me, walking a new walk, and that walk should be in truth and holiness, the truth of Jesus Christ. You see, I no longer walk like the rest of the Gentiles, or I no longer walk like the rest of the world. There's something changed in me. I was lost, but now I'm found. Again, we have that but now moment. You see, people walk around. Have you ever seen anybody walk around hopeless? Have you ever looked in somebody's eyes and you don't see any hope? You only see despair? Again, they may walk around with their head down. They don't make eye contact. What I'm here to tell you is that person who's wondering and lost in their hopelessness, has a soul that is just as important as yours and everybody else's in the world. Our Lord and Savior has that same reckless love and is willing to give that same amazing grace to that individual as well as you and as well as the most well-off, most affluent person you can think of. Sometimes that person may just need one encouraging word to make a difference. One encouraging word. Who's got one encouraging word for somebody who's hopeless? Can you think of anything to say to anybody that's hopeless? The biggest thing we can tell them is that God loves them. Because that same grace that's from Jesus that changed our walk is available to them. You see, but when we walk like the rest of the world walks, we let our hearts get hardened. We live in ignorance. And we think that because we can dress nice or we, because we come to church, we're better than everybody else. You see, that's not the case. Jesus died for them. His amazing grace is for them just like it is for us. Matter of fact, it shouldn't be us and them. It's all us. That, that unity is all of us. We've all been blessed with different things. At some point, we've all been alienated from God, not because we think God has done, because we've taken ourselves out, because of sin and being selfish human beings that we are, we alienate ourselves from God. And when we alienate ourselves from God, our walk does not look very pretty. We do some, well, we can do some pretty bad things. When we're alienated from God, we've alienated ourselves from God. When we're not walking in that Holy Spirit, we're not walking the life that we should be walking, we can do some pretty terrible things. But instead of that, you see, we are got to walk a new walk. And this walk has to be in righteousness and in true holiness. You see, this is what we learn from Jesus. As we heard him, and we were taught by him in Matthew 28. Whom is the truth? Jesus tells us in John 14 that I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, truth, and life. When we're walking that new walk, we've got to be walking in Christ. We've got to be walking in that truth that's only found in him. You see, we've got to put off our old walk. We can't walk with our heads down in the dumps anymore. We've got to look up and say, you know what, Jesus has given me this awesome love and wonderful grace that's available to everybody. And you look people in the eye, you tell them that you love them. But God loves them more than we can even imagine. That's what it's about. Sometimes people just need one word, one encouraging thought, and it can make a difference. I saw a sign the other day that said... I'm trying to think where I saw it. But it said one encouraging word can make someone's day better. I'm here to tell you one encouraging word on one particular day may change somebody's life. It may not just give them a better day. It may give them a better eternity. That's what we need to be looking for. When we choose our words, when we're walking this new walk and we choose our words... We only need to choose the words that uplift people. We only need to use the words that encourage people. Again, we put off that old walk where we think that we're different or we're better than everybody else. And we talk like sinners saved by grace. You see, we've got to renew the spirit of our mind. We have to be transformed. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us we must be transformed. We must renew our mind. And again, we put on this new walk. A new walk which was created according to God. A new walk in righteousness and truth and holiness. We no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles or the rest of the world. You see, Paul's made it clear that it involves both putting on and or putting off and putting on. We do away with the old, we take on the new, and our new walk has to be in truth and holiness. It's not just a bunch of thou thou shalt nots. Thou shalt nots. It also is thou shalts. Thou shalts. It doesn't just talk about what we shouldn't be doing. It replaces what we shouldn't be doing with something we should be doing. As an educator, that's really important. That's really important. If you tell somebody not to do something, but you don't give them something to do instead, sometimes they're just thinking about that thing they're not supposed to do. Wow, I'm like that too, you know. If I don't have, I need to stay busy. I need to stay busy doing positive things, or I can sink in my old walk. You see, we need to be looking for things to replace our old way. You see, for example, we're not supposed to lie anymore. In our old walk, we would think nothing of lying. But now, in our new walk, we put away lying, and in its place, we speak truth to our neighbors. In our old walk, we would get angry and let that linger and get out of control. I'm an example of that. But now, in our new walk, we may get angry, but it does not linger. We don't sin because of our anger. We let it go away very quickly. We don't allow it to prompt that sinful behavior. Stealing. In the old walk, we may have stole. But now, in this new walk, we not only start, stop stealing, but we start working. We start working to provide for ourselves, but also to help others. Others in need. In our old walk... We didn't really care what came out of our mouth. But now, in this new walk, only encouraging and uplifting things come out of our mouth. Only things that are positive. You see, we speak things that will only encourage people. You see, that but now moment, we've all had them. We've all had those but now moments. It's what we do after that but now moment that really matters. The for, the for but now, God's forgotten about. It's forgiven through his amazing grace. It's gone. It's what we do after the but now. That new walk is what we need to be worried about. The new walk. Not as the world walks. And again, with our new walk, when I say we need to lift our head up, it's not because we're better than other people. It's not. We may be different than other people, but everybody that you see, who's well everybody you see, I'm trying to think, God died for them. And when you look in their eyes, that's the way you need to, to, to see them. To see them through God's eyes. Through Christ's eyes is the way you need to see other people. Sometimes we can't do that. Sometimes our eyes get blurry. The print gets too small. And we can't see it. But I'm here to tell you, our our God is so big. And so loving, so forgiving, that's always there whether we see it or not. If you look at print on the page, we can use tools, we can use reading glasses. Bifocal contacts, or even a magnifying glass to make that print look larger. Who's had to do that before? But the thing about it is, when we use that magnifying glass and we see that print, and now all of a sudden we can see it because it looks bigger to us, the print hasn't changed size. The way we look at it, it has. You see, God's always there, He's always bigger than we can imagine. We just see him differently. Those are the eyes we need to see other people with. You see, if we do that, we're going, to see our, we're going to see a change individually, but also as a church and community. We'll be that church that's going to stand out like a city that's set on a hill. We'll be the church that although we live in a dark world, we can bring that light of Jesus Christ to folks. We can be the church. We can be the church that has a heart that just wants to do mission. That just wants to do mission and evangelism. We're gifted. You look at this church, you look at our community, we're gifted with so many things. So many things. And to do what we're called to do, we need to walk this new walk. I want to end with a question. Are you ready to walk a new walk? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for blessing us with so much. Lord, thank you for giving us the opportunity to come to you and to repent, Lord, and walk a new walk. Lord, the only value I have in my life is through you. The blessings that you've given me, Lord. I pray that my in my new walk that I walk every day to be more like you. I show the love and grace that only can come from you. Lord, I pray for our church, our community. Lord, I pray for uh, all the students and teachers that go back to school tomorrow. Lord, some of these kids are going to be ready and prepared. Some of them may show up sleepy and hungry. Lord, I pray that each teacher looks at every child the same. They see them through your eyes and know that you sacrificed and died for them just like you did us. In Jesus' name, amen.